Yippee Kai, hey, uh, 18 listeners. <laughs> hey, guess what? We survived because of the people that we chose last episode. That's true, yeah. We are still I, here today. Who's Yippee? Is Yippee Kai diehard? Yippee uh, No, that's Young Guns, right? I don't know. I definitely haven't seen Young Guns, so. Yeah, but that, that transcends the actual movie. That quote does. Oh, okay. I don't know. Somebody is yelling at their iPhone right now. Here, you talk. I'll. Uh, How I'll do Google. you not know this? <laughs> right. So Maybe we have uh, something kinda. pretty entertaining and exciting happening again on this episode. We have pulled Caleb, the Boy Wonder, back into the Coyote Fitness Podcast because there were some things that remained unsaid last episode, and we want to bring those to light. As we're talking about nutrition, we're talking about the decades of our lives. We do have to bring in this huge piece of nutrition that has made its way roaring into the current scene. Thanks to places like the nutrition centers or the large retailer online. Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) Right. Uh, So we are all familiar with supplements. And most of us believe that when we start our fitness journey, we also must start our supplement journey. And there are a couple of misconceptions out there, a couple of things that we fall into. And we just want to take an episode to correct some of those things and put some good information out there. And we should say we're not approaching this from a medical doctor perspective, but the perspective that we have seen and researched based on how supplements and athletes interact, what these supplements were designed to do and where the marketing is taking over more than the benefits. We'll get into a little bit of that. Die hard. Okay. So we're taking, uh, we're taking this conversation away. It's like, all right, if you're the average athlete pursuing fitness at the average uh, CrossFit box, these supplements are going to be a part of the language that you're going to hear. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. We'll go through them in broad categories. Yeah. We want to just help people understand where can I invest because you're already investing time. You're already investing money. Um, and so where is some of the extra investment? And let's be realistic about what percentage of increase towards my goal is this going to provide? And so these things are going to be different depending on people's goals. Um, I'm going to try to give some that are very general for everyone. And then also understand that these things are all optional um, for the most part. Um, And so we'll get into what's optional, what's not, what's marketing, what's not, what's giving other people money that is just not giving, moving the needle for you and your goals at all. And so that's kind of the goal with this. Uh, questions we get all the time. I think we joked about it with the intro uh, or the end of the last episode, but just trying to, like, we want an easy fix for things. We want something we can buy that's going to help make our life easier. And the reality is there's not a lot of ways to make easier eating real food, eating the right amount. And so let's just be realistic about what supplements do. And if you want to use them, absolutely, they can benefit your life. Is it absolutely necessary? Probably not. Yeah. Speaking as a guy, I love where we're going to start because when I started my fitness journey as an adult, I had twice as many blender bottles as days I was actually working out. I was that guy, just a cabinet full of blender bottles, working out three days a week. And I don't know why I had all the, all those blender bottles. Number of blender bottles definitely correlates to your uh, addiction to, your, to your supplements. Addiction, yeah, to, <laughs> to exercise. How strong are you? How many blender bottles do you yeah, have? Yeah, that's what I want to know. That's what you, That question's an on-ramp, right? I've seen the notebook. And yeah. also, do you use the spring in your blender bottle, or do you go all natural? Just get Is real the violent. spring necessary? Yeah, I don't know. I think it causes uh, Alzheimer's, but that's a different episode. Kidding. Come on, everyone. <laughs> 
All right. Episode two, we're talking about supplements. We're starting with protein because it is the number one thing that we are the most deficient in as athletes, but that we spend the most money on purchasing it in a bag. Most, most often protein is that number one supplement that people are buying. What a paradox. They jump. Yeah. It's just like the non-slip. Anyway, we can't go backwards. Okay. Um, it's an interesting thing that, uh, the protein, that's where people jump in. It's like the gateway supplement, right? And it is. And it's and rightfully so because we sell it, uh, <laughs> no. for a reason. The, the yeah. reality is, yeah. Yeah. If there's a supplement we need to talk about, it's about protein. If it's, if there's a question we get the most, it's about protein, um, supplements. Why is that the case? We talked about it in the last episode a little bit, but the reality is we're losing muscle as we age. We're humans. We're going to decline starting at 30. Realistically, that's about when we start to decline naturally, physically. Um, and so starting at that time of life, it is absolutely vital for our quality of life that we maintain muscle and avoid losing. We're not talking about bulking up. We're not talking about trying to look better at the beach. Even we're talking about trying to functionally live a life that has um, that involves the things that you want to involve in your life and the things you want to be able to do as you age. Protein um, is the reality is we're just unable to many times with the lifestyle we have uh, in our culture. It's really hard to eat enough protein. And so for us, supplementing protein is an easy solution to um, solving a problem that we have with the busyness of our life and the, the time we spend away from the kitchen where we can cook and eat uh, the amount of protein we need. So supplementing it is an easy answer to being able to solve maybe the most important thing physically for us in that we need to maintain muscle for protection of our body. Agreed. So let's go back to this is a very basic uh, equation here. How many grams of protein should I be getting a day? That's a part of the big question. We have an equation for that. Some of it depends on your level of activity, but generally. Generally, we're looking at, you know, they, and again, anytime you throw out a decimal, it just like all of a sudden it kind of like throws people off. But the reality is we need to probably aim for a gram of protein per pound of body weight, but lean body weight. So if I'm carrying around 50 pounds of body fat, I don't need to be eating for my body weight, I need to be eating for my lean body weight. So our in-body scan can help with that, but generally um, that gives us a range of 0.8 uh, to 1.2 grams per pound of your body weight. And so usually um, for most people that's going to be, you know, if you're, you've got 10, 20 pounds of body fat that may be not the ideal body or the leanest your body could be, we're talking about, you know, trying to get in between 10 and 20 pounds of where you're at right now. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. The reason I bring that number up is just to categorize for people. You're probably not, for me, I'm probably not getting on accident 200 grams of protein in a day. Yeah, <laughs> it takes it takes effort to get yeah. protein. It takes time and energy. Um, it takes money to get protein because, you know, if you're finding a, you know, the cheapest way to eat is not going to have protein. You could go to any restaurant. The more protein you have, the more expensive your meal is going to be, more yeah. than likely. And so because of that, it's a decision that we kind of have to make to, to try to work to get enough protein. Yeah. And you can know if you have a shake, if you're supplementing, it's not your primary source. You have a shake in the morning, a shake post-workout. I mean, all of a sudden, wow, I'm at 40 grams. I've, I got a good jump, you know. Or yeah, whatever. absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, how much protein you need at a time, you know, that's something that even experts, uh, you know, you'll read all over. It's all over the map. But generally, um, we're looking to try to 
get in between 30 and 40 grams at your meals. You know, can you can you bring in 80 grams of protein after your workout and it benefits you more than 40? Probably not. Um, and so we're also fighting this idea that we can't just do it all at once, right? Mm-hmm. We can't just throw four scoops of protein into a blender <laughs> and have it That'd in the morning nice. and be like, all right, I'm good. I don't have to eat meat at my dinner, you know, or at lunch. Yeah. And so trying to trying to spread it out. Um, the big reason why we we sell protein and probably kind of look to protein as a supplement we need is uh, because it's easy for us when we're on the go. Mm-hmm. And it's just an easy way. We wake up in the morning. A lot of us aren't pulling out the chicken and, you know, throwing some chicken on the grill in the morning, right? It's just the morning breakfast foods in our culture are very fatty. Um, and so for us to get a lean source of protein that doesn't have the extras of the calories that come with bacon and sausage and all the fat that comes with that, uh, protein is very common in the morning. Um, we've got a couple different types of protein too that a lot of people ask about. And so generally speaking, you've got a whey and a casein protein um, one of those is going to be really quickly absorbed and we're going to be able to kind of put it to work right away. Casein, on the other hand, is going to be a lot slower digesting. Um, and so that's going to be at a time when maybe you're not going to get protein. You're not going to be able to eat for five hours. Maybe you've got something that's going to take priority over you being able to eat. Mm. Casein's going to do that. I think sleep is the perfect example of when casein can benefit you the most because if you drink it before bed, it's a way for you to um, slowly digest that protein over time while you're sleeping. Uh, and so for most people, casein is kind of a nighttime protein supplement. Um, it also can kind of crave that sweet tooth where a lot of people are going to the ice cream, the chocolate. You could do some chocolate casein, you know, mix it with something to make it cold. And then all of a sudden you've got a dessert that's going to give you some protein at the end of the day. Um, so casein, whey. Two big general categories there. And I think the way that you use them is, as you're pointing out, very important. We're talking about it first as a supplement because it is probably the chief culprit in transitioning out of supplement and going to replacement. And that's not what you're advocating. You don't want protein shakes as a replacement for a meal. No, no. And so what we're trying, well, and yeah, the reality is food is where we, where we need to get our protein. Lean meats is where we get our protein. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different um, minerals and things that come in when we eat real food um, and lean meats especially. Uh, but... The way that whey protein is made and the things that you can get from whey protein are incredibly beneficial to you. So it's something that I would say is a almost mandatory addition to your meal unless you've got time to sit and eat three to four meals of lean meats every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the majority of us, that's gonna we're going to fall into that camp. We just yeah. don't have the lifestyle to where we can sit and eat that often. Um, especially if you're working out in your free time beyond work, you go to the gym, you work out. Well, we're not, most of us aren't sitting in the corner eating out of Tupperware while we're at the gym. We're sweaty, we're hot. It's, you know, food is not really on your mind when you're working mm. out. And so to be able to have a, a supplement that is easily digestible when you're in that environment to and from the gym in your free time, it can really help fill in some of those gaps of your day where you maybe go lunch to seven o'clock before you're eating dinner. Mm, I love it. I love the way we're talking about it. I think one of the final things we can say, because we have to move on, is um, there is a difference between the wholesale warehouse version of a protein supplement and an actually clean, good protein powder. Yeah. There is a difference. There is. And most people don't. A lot of people don't recognize the difference between it, but if you um, if you make an investment uh, for us, we're supplementing our protein for the rest of our life. We talked about it in your sixties; it's almost 
absolutely mandatory that you supplement protein as you get older because of the issues we talked about that that make it harder to get enough meals of lean meat Mm -hmm. Um, because you digest protein less as you get older. We need to bring in more of it to give you a better chance of of using that for muscle. And so what we're what we're going to try to do is say if we've got to invest in something for the rest of your life, let's look at the label and let's choose things that have real like wholesome ingredients for our body and not things that are shelf life based or things that are going to be um, added for flavor, sugars, artificial things. Let's look at like the meat and bones. We need whey protein and let's try to avoid all the other junk that comes with uh, some of the milkshakey tasting proteins that you can get really cheap. Yeah. Let's get a, let's get high quality protein so we'll absorb more of it. Um, and let's treat our gut and our body well because we're going to be doing it for 40 years. Long time, yeah. And, and l- let's just kind of break this down. If, you, if you're an athlete listening, do not have that embarrassment of bringing the protein that you're taking into a coach and let them look at the label with you and make some suggestions. That's, there's there's no shame in that. Like, hey, I got this uh, this muscle farm or whatever. Can you check this out? You I'm know, so thing- yeah. And here's the thing. I'm I'm very much. Um, I do not want. We sell a supplement that we feel like is affordable for people. It tastes great. There's flavors you can get it at the gym. Mm-hmm. So it's right there. We want it to be easy for people. We do not make our living on selling protein, and so it's not going to be that I'm going to try to talk you out of this other protein. The reality is, if you're exercising, if you're coming to the gym and talking with me mm-hmm. and you're trying to supplement protein, you are leaps and bounds ahead of our culture and kind of the average person. You're already and winning. So yeah. You are winning. That's great. We can talk about the details of it if you want to, but ultimately you've got to have something you look forward to having. And a lot of people are choking down these nasty protein shakes. And because of that, they have a jug of protein that's been in their pantry for four months. Yeah. Instead of just paying the $10 more or even, you know, $5 more to get something that you're like, I can't wait to have that protein shake. It gives me an end to my day. I feel like it's a reward for my workout, even though we don't work out for rewards of food. Mm-hmm. It still kind of helps close close the gap and say, I'm treating my body well and I'm fueling it well. Protein is such a big topic. We talk about it a lot here for a reason. So let's move on to the second one that if I want to work out faster uh, have more veins popping out of my forearms and get PRs every day. Steroids. I go, well, <laughs> no, look, I have boundaries. Um, I go to the non-steroid steroid, which is creatine. It is the magic powder. It It's magic in the, in the sense of uh, it's good for you. Um, and <laughs> it, it can make, it can make quick bursts of energy easier and stronger. It's the most studied supplement on the planet. Um, there's not a lot of arguing about creatine at this point. And so when you find something in the health industry where a lot of money is made and supplements, if you find something that most people agree on, it's pretty, that means it's overwhelmingly positive Mm. for it. And so, you know, for us, creatine is something where I get questions about that every single week. Someone comes to me asking, and usually it's young guys that are wanting to bulk up, Mm -hmm. but the reality is creatine is a part of our normal diet. It's found in red meat. Um, yes, it is good for quick energy restoration. It's good for helping give fluid to your muscles and it makes them, you know, look a little bigger. You're not going to blow up, you know, with creatine, like, no, your biceps aren't just going to bulge. Like when you start taking creatine, it's not going to maybe even be just noticeable from your neighbors or like, what is that guy doing? Um, this may be where we disagree, Caleb, because have you seen my biceps? But, 
<laughs> but the, <laughs> Kidding. Re- the reality is I think that it's one of those supplements that it's only going to benefit you if you choose to invest in it. You do not have to, but the benefits very much outweigh the cost of it. And this, I think this is one supplement that can very much move the needle for people. Um, there's a lot of different types of creatine, and we'll just go ahead and say it. Creatine monohydrate is what you need to take. It's probably going to be, um, it's not going to be the GNC tub that's got some dyes and all these crazy things in it that's, mm-hmm. you know, way, way expensive, and you've got to load it and deload and take time off. Generally, it's something where we take creatine monohydrate, five milligrams a day. You can take it any time of the day that you want to, and um, for the most part, it's going to be something that kind of pays off as far as you're, you're going to be able to tell over time using a, a high quality creatine supplement. That's awesome. So, you know, we're, we're debunking a little bit and it isn't the silver bullet, but it is good for you and it's relatively inexpensive. Yeah, it helps with your muscle growth. That's, you don't, you can't argue that. And it helps your muscles store carbs for energy, which is what we use when we exercise. So you're, you're potentially giving a little more fluid. Your muscles may look a little bigger. They store more energy and sugar um, and the carbs and it helps with protein synthesis. synthesis. So mm. you're able to um, theoretically, like you've got that little extra kick in these short bursts of energy, which for us, weightlifting, you know, being able to push those last 10 seconds on the bike, whatever it is. Um, and so that's one thing that no one really argues is not beneficial for yes, everyone. Creatine. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, that's actually surprising for me because I've, I've heard a lot of people speak poorly about it, uh, just their experience with it. But what they're saying is it didn't make them, you know, increase their, uh, muscle mass and decrease their there's, trunk. There's a lot. Of, I remember the first time I took creatine as a kid. I went. I started working out with the high school. You know, your ninth grade football. You come in, and there's all these creatine. I remember I bought this huge jug of this red. It had this these. It was like a fruit punch flavored creatine, and uh-huh. you had to load it. And you could anytime you peed, it was like asparagus pee. Like <laughs> people know, like you can walk into the bathroom and the smell of this creatine, creatine. happened in your it urine. Was, Oh, it was awful. That red dye, like just the taste, it makes me sick thinking about. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of supplements. Again, when there's supplements, there's money. Um, and so kind of just trying to filter through the money grab of certain things that aren't studied and the creatine monohydrate that is studied widely across the world and agreed upon. Yeah. So this, uh, this next one is interesting that it's under the supplement category and not major food group to eat in, at every meal. You've got carbs listed as a supplement. Yeah, this is one that is very, um, it's very important to talk about because when we say, and the Greg Glassman off the couch, off the carbs, you know, and, and the methodology of trying to avoid refined sugars, refined carbohydrates, and all the artificial sugars and the things, and the reality is a lot of the, and then you see the CrossFit Games athletes talk about the amount of just pure Gatorade powder they're, they're slurping down in between workouts, and the way that you use carbohydrates and the way America uses carbohydrates are very different as an athlete. And so for us, a supplement is fuel, right? We're, we're trying to supplement for a purpose. If you have a goal of performing or you have a goal of bulking up, carbohydrates are going to be an amazing tool to use for that. Um, I supplement carbohydrates on days when I maybe work out a little bit more than just our class workout and do some of the extra programming that we have at the gym, um, you can get it in powder form. You can also get it in very simple things like gummy bears and gummy worms. And um, that's different than going to the movie on the weekend or, you know, being like Friday night movie night. Let's get a big bag of Sour Patch Kids and M&Ms and eat a bunch of sugar. Uh, and so for us, 
being able to have that conversation around carbs can be really freeing for people, but it also can make sure that we're not contradicting ourselves and saying we need to get off the sugar. And then you've got an athlete over there that has a big bag of gummy bears or something. So carbs as a supplement are going to give you fuel. It's going to help you recover from exercise. It's going to restore that glycogen so you can, um, again, feel better in your day for a lot of people and help get back to normal and get that energy back into your muscles that you've used for the quick energy in your workout. So carbohydrates are 100% a supplement um, and also 100% should not be a part of our resting downtime. Man, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm understanding for the first time you, just how days go. You have a hurried morning, so you have that cup of coffee, even if you drink it black, and then you have a protein shake. You get busy at your job or with your, your family. Then you have a protein shake for lunch, and that's about all you can do. Then you go into a 2.30 uh, workout where you're on the bike for 21 calories and then you're doing something that escalates your heart rate and you're like, man, I feel like garbage. Well, all you've had is yeah, yeah. protein. A cup of coffee would probably fall into that, but that's been a long time ago. You're coming in here on protein only. That's a bad idea. Yeah, it happens all the time. And I think for, for most of us, we're overeating carbohydrates during our rest and undereating them when we want to feel good and we want to exercise. Um, it's also important to recognize too, and to have the discussion about carbs that when, when you purposefully avoid carbs because you want your body to lean up and you don't want to swell your muscles up and you want to have an aesthetic view, maybe, or even the longevity view of avoiding extra sugar, the expectation of trying to perform and PR is, is, um, Different conversations. They're contradictory. And so for us, carbs are very important to say, we first want to talk about what your goal is. Because, you know, if you want to perform your best on the assault bike and the back squat, and then you want to rest 30 minutes and do another workout, you're the the carb intake that you need to not only have energy for that, but to recover from that. So the next day you're not a zombie is a very different conversation than the average person who's trying to come in and get off of the you know, my kid, I ate macaroni and cheese growing up and then I go to the lunchroom and it's chocolate milk. And then I have, you know, we have spaghetti for dinner every night or whatever, yeah. you know, the lifestyle. So we tell people we're not trying to go low carb. We're just trying to eat less carbs on average. Mm. If you want to perform your highest, if you want to PR your back squat, we're probably going to need to increase your carb intake. And that may be different than the 50 year old who's trying to um, reverse the signs of diabetes and pre-diabetes yeah that makes a lot of sense i've never understood the stance on like um the difference between simple carbs and complex carbs when it comes to your diet like i understand the difference between the two scientifically but like what is what place do complex carbs have in your diet uh like it they're they're touted 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 i don't know it's touted touted it's touted Sounds good to me. Mm. Uh, they're seen as like the better carb for your diet, the healthier carb. Is that true? The complex carb? Essentially, yeah, like like oats, mm. um, stuff like that. It's Generally, seen- I think, well, and I don't know. I think a lot of it is really confusing for people. The way I know this is that people come in and their biggest concern is like wheat bread or white bread. Neither. <laughs> and it's like, or is it is gluten-free still count as sugar? Like, is it still pasta? Like, if it's gluten-free? Mm. Um I think that for most people, what we're trying to just understand is that, yes, there are some carbs that are harder to overeat, Mm. and there are some carbs that are easier to overeat. Eating sweet potatoes is very hard to eat 100 grams of carbs. 
eating cereal is very easy to eat 100 grams of carbs. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Eating um, white rice is very easy to eat more carbs. I know this because it's easier for me to eat enough when I have something like a white rice versus even a plain potato. Like it is hard to sit there and eat unless you're like like you, a slow eater <laughs> sit at the table, who yeah. sits at the table for an hour and a half and can slowly methodically work through yeah. some fiber-rich carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the oats and things like that that uh, may be a complex carb. I don't think that for our listeners even, I don't want people to worry about that because what we really need to identify is like what is harder for you to eat? Do you struggle overeating oatmeal or do you struggle overeating cereal? Yeah. That's what's important for people. And so that's kind of where we where we leave it. There's a lot of details and things, but Good that's call. simplification of Yeah, the we process. try to simplify it. It's like yeah. don't get caught up in the wheat versus white and things. It's more just trying to say like this is still gonna your body's gonna respond to it as sugar. How much are you eating? And which one's easier to overeat and which one are you able to um kind of give yourself some guardrail, like guardrails of yeah. how much you're consuming. Yeah, that's good awareness. And even with things like, we should reference this, even with things like oatmeal, there's oatmeal that you can eat that is, that is good for you, but there's also, it's just kind of cereal in oatmeal form, right? That yeah. Happens. Oh yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. The amount of added sugars in certain things. And again, it just gets back to the reason they add it is because it's easier to eat more no one, very few people are warming up the old Quaker oats and they're just putting water in it and taking the time to stir it and cook it. Yeah. Um, Wait, is honey, is honey okay? Uh, honey, it's the same thing. It's just sugar. Like it is <sighs> Freaking sugar. bees have been lying to us. Yeah. Oh man. Man, the movie I, and everything. I can't tell you how much pride my parents and grandparents, they take in finding molasses from like this certain, they buy molasses from this place. Yeah. Like they travel hours to go get this. Sure. And they buy it in large quantities and it tastes great absolutely like incorporate that into your life like that's an important part of especially growing up if you grew up with that Mm. like those are important things go for it but it's the daily intake of things where it is still sugar even though it's locally grown like your body (laughs) still is kind of perceiving that the same way as a as a sour patch kid that came in the you Mm. know all right, so talking about daily supplements, uh, we're kind of moving into this part of our list we put together here by we, I mean you. Uh, things that are kind of like daily intake things, there's a little bit of confusion. Let's start with with caffeine because you have the uh, intermittent fasting sort of stuff with the morning coffee and caffeine kind of gets uh, a bad rap because we, but mostly because we overconsume it. What are your thoughts on caffeine? Caffeine is, a, is an amazing resource. Um, Caffeine should not be a mandatory part of our day, and that's and, and that sounds su- like that's not fun at all. Mm. I had a triple I espresso. Agree. I had a triple espresso over on the way over here. I love that, <laughs> man. I get it. Just it gets me going. Like I love it. But at the same time, if caffeine, the way that our body stores caffeine, they our caffeine stores get filled, and then guess what? We need five hundred milligrams of caffeine. Whereas when we first, you know, maybe took some time off all of a sudden 150 milligrams of caffeine, you are wired and you're like, this is it, let's roll. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, we're addicted to it, so it becomes an expense that we just have to pay as a normal. When if we just took three days off caffeine, you would all of a sudden just have a renewed uh, enjoyment of caffeine and you could use it for a purpose. Like for me, um, even talking and entertaining people, caffeine is a tool for me to be more entertaining as a coach and for me to engage people in a way that helps me push past some of my just natural barriers that my body wants to put up with mm-hmm. uh, social engagement. So caffeine's a resource for that. 
for a lot of people, it's their their fitness, right? Caffeine is a resource for them to um, get going and be able to hit a PR on something. That's great. If you have to use that every single day to wake up and get the kids going in the morning, um, then I think we're we're missing the benefit of it. So it's not as helpful. And it's just something that we feel like we have to do. So I would encourage people, um, what we kind of say is use caffeine for a purpose. Take every month, take two to three days off caffeine. It can help avoid the terrible headache that people get when they try to get off of caffeine. Um, If you do it a little more frequently, it can help with that. And then all of a sudden you're going to realize like, whoa, now I'm feeling good. I can use this caffeine for a purpose um, instead of using it to function. Yeah, so everyone just sat down their coffee. Thanks, Caleb. Yeah, no, don't do that. No, everyone, everyone loves coffee, but it it is. It's it's kind of unfortunate that that coffee's probably not having the effect um, and the benefit that it could if we just could, took yeah. some time away from it. Moderation, that's good. So the next one, um, this is like the holy grail of blender bottle fame. If you fill it up with green crap, you're probably pretty serious about your fitness. Oh, right? yeah, you don't have to eat any real food like if you (laughs) you have a green supplement yeah so multivitamins and green supplements um we need to attack these but this won't be very difficult no i mean we're just trying to reduce the risk of nutrients uh deficiencies Deficiencies, that we have from uh reduced nutrients (laughs) we really are getting too many nutrients um our food is ultra processed the things that we eat are processed in order to store longer um in order to be made quickly in order to be made cheaply so that someone somewhere can make money And then the flip side is all of a sudden, because of that, we're having to spend more money to make up for the fact that our food doesn't have the nutrients that it normally would have have, or real food should have. So it's kind of like all of a sudden, a lot of these things, very much money based, but the reality is like we want to just try to hedge our bets on some of the things that we maybe aren't getting in our normal diet because we just live, we can't choose where we live. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and well, we can't choose where we live. We can't choose the culture that we're in for the most part. We're not going to just change that because of our eating. Right. And so for the most part, let's try to bring in some of the things that are deficient in our normal diets. Um, and then let's try to just make sure that we're avoiding going years potentially without certain aspects that will greatly increase our quality of life and how our body feels, how our brain feels and functions. So um, a multivitamin, a green supplement, It. I don't think it's... I don't think that is something that you need to go out and buy right now. It's not something that we would say is, I don't even want to say that. It is very important. Yeah. But it's yeah. if you eat real food, if you eat lean meats and veggies and nuts and seeds and some fruit and you avoid sugar, you can accomplish a lot of the things that these multivitamins will. Unfortunately, where our food's prepared isn't really up to us because we're not growing our own food. And so because of that, I think it would probably be good to invest in a multivitamin um, and if you want to throw a green supplement in there because you just absolutely hate eating greens, you can you can do some work to offset yeah. that. That makes sense. Yeah. Just be careful if those multivitamins are marketed for very specific purposes or age groups. That's marketing. Yeah, we haven't we haven't quite gone to selling the Flintstones at the gym. Uh <laughs> I would enjoy that. But the reality is, like, I don't think it's going to hurt. It's better than eating Sour Patch Kids. (laughs) That's right. Trade it for Flintstones. Okay, we got to leave a little bit of time, and we're running short on that for this episode. But this is your wheelhouse. This feels like this solving this problem in your life and the gut health stuff, this was a big turning point for you. Yeah, I... I, I still, even today, kind of struggle with some food sensitivities and things. I've had migraines since I was a kid. A lot of them are due to weather. 
right? Like mm-hmm. before this episode, I took something for my headache because I get migraines in my knees when it rains. <laughs> yeah, those, those knee grains. I get I get legitimate headaches pretty frequently, and I think people around me kind of know that. Um, mm. And so because of that, I've had to take a lot of um, anti-inflammatories and a lot of medication, even from when I was a kid. Like I can grow up and I have distinct memories of headache nights, going to a friend's house, getting super excited or going, for me, it was like Japanese food, going to a friend's house and we'd go to hibachi and it was a great time and I'd just load the pink sauce everywhere and, you know, come to find out a lot of those foods that I was eating and the dairy and the black pepper and things that for me um, were more sensitive um, were causing a lot of my headaches. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I'm just in turn spending the cycle of once a week, you know, choking down a thousand milligrams of some non-steroid anti-inflammatory. And so that um, combined with what we eat, combined with a lot of the cultural things, environmental things that go on with with uh, technology, I think all contribute to a lot of gut issues that people have. The way our food's even prepared, um, the way our food is grown, all these things contribute to unhealthy gut. And we talked about it a little bit before. 10% of all healthcare spending is related directly to... Um, gut and stomach issues, right? And so think about the Tums and think about the Pepto-Bismol and think about the acid reflux. Peps at AC. Um, yeah. yeah, 10% of healthcare spending, that's going to be hundreds with a B, billions of dollars spent. Um, and I think a lot of it's preventable. Mm. Not all of it, but a lot of it is preventable. And so that's kind of where we get into the uh, probiotic, prebiotic, little steps you can take to try to help heal your gut and give life to all of the billions of bacteria, good and bad, that are in our gut? How can we get rid of some of the bad ones and help the good ones thrive? So let's let's try to get boots on the ground here because I think the argument about probiotics, it's been won. I mean, it's even made its way into the yogurt companies now are like, hey, with this many billion, blah, 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 you know, take this s'mores flips and get your probiotics. Um so as we're pursuing probiotics, we should be supplementing with probiotics because of our other habits, as you've just mentioned. Is there a way to navigate this world correctly? You know, because it feels like we could fall into probiotic trap. We're not really doing what we need to do. Yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not super well versed in a lot of the probiotics and things because probiotics, prebiotics, a lot of times that's like very scientific, like the the fermentation and how fermentation can help your gut thrive and so mm-hmm. the yogurts and the even some of the drinks and stuff like the label kombucha. like read yeah. the kombucha ingredients and you're like I don't I don't know how to pronounce any of that <laughs> I really and so I don't know a lot about that um I don't know a lot about the types of it and what actually happens it's kind of a mystery like when they start talking about the hundreds of different and thousands and thousands of types of bacteria that are living and what you want to thrive. And it's like, how can bacteria be good? Like that sounds gross. Like I don't want that in my stomach, mm-hmm. but the reality is it's there's amazing. good bacteria. So you have, there's a, a book that we haven't really referenced much that you really are big on. It was a, a big part of your journey. If people are trying to navigate this good gut, bad gut discussion, 
there was a resource out there that was pretty transformational for you, right? Yeah, except I can't remember the name of the book itself. The the way the reason why your brain like for me it was um and I can't believe I'm forgetting the name of the book, but it was the association between your gut and your brain. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was anxiety, it was feelings of not as much depression as much as anxiousness for me, um but trying to identify the connection between what I was eating the mind and, gut connection and how I was feeling. All right. There's a million of these. Yeah. There's yeah. a million of these. Um, this is your brain on food. Do I, <laughs> this is your brain on, this food? is your brain on food. Yes. So there are, and the resources of these are, um, it's, it's everywhere because it's undeniable now, yeah. the connection between your gut and your brain. And so when we talk about probiotics, prebiotics, what we're talking about is, is not like, is this going to make my arms bigger Yes, brain maker. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Great cover with the broccoli as the brain. The broccoli is the brain. Genius. Yeah, and so that's all I can picture yeah, when, I, brain when I read that is yeah. brain maker. The broccoli book, you know, uh, the looks one, like a brain. It's got broccoli on the brain. Yeah. How do you pronounce this guy's name? David Perlmutter. Yeah. Perlmutter? You got to hope it's not that, but it probably is. Yeah, there's look, a good chance. Look for the broccoli <laughs> if brain. If this guy invested his life into this book, there's a good chance. That's it's, uh, it's got four and a half stars on Amazon with 2,036 reviews. So How many? Four and a half, you said? Four and a half, yeah. That's pretty good. So not that's, bad. Yeah. Not bad in the health industry. Yeah. A lot of back and forth there. Yeah. Probably a good read. It's going to cost you uh, paperback 20 bucks. Good investment. Yeah, good investment. Um, it's one of those books where I could only read like... I'd read like two pages and I'd get so caught it's up dense. in like highlighting and mm. reading. And it, well, dense in the sense of like, it's like mind blowing facts yeah. about uh, everything from pregnancy to depression to anxiety to how much of our world and us, like all of us, are trying to treat our anxiety and depression in the medical field and how that, like, um, mm. how people are treating that with medication and whiskey. All, and, yeah. Mm. And, and the reality is like, there's a lot of really serious things that go on with. Um, with our mind that very much could be attributed to our diet and people don't, and exercise as well. And so being able to take that leap and to say, we're so used to medicating ourselves to solve those problems that could be related to your gut is it's hard for people to go there. And so um, it's becoming more and more well-known, which is why all those books kind of blend together. But the reality is, I think this is gut health. There's a way to supplement to begin the healing process of your gut right. that we could potentially from the Tylenol from a sprained ankle or oh, I'm sore from this. I need to just let me just choke down a couple Advil mm. um, food sensitivities. We talk about um, we talk a lot. We have a lot of our clients who have gone and had very like mind blowing revelations to why do I have acid reflux every night? And it's something that. Um, good or bad was from your environment, from your genetics, from a lot of maybe different factors that food is causing that thing that has been kind of depressing you for a long time and felt mm-hmm. un uh, like you you can't cure it. It's just like yeah, yeah. It just of course I have acid reflux after I do this, or of course my stomach bloats when I do this, um, and most people just live with it. They yeah, have no idea. You can go and get your blood tested and figure out like maybe if I take six months away from this food, healthy foods, spinach, bananas, uh, chicken, fish, eggs. certain things, eggs, black pepper. Milk, Did you say black, black pepper? pepper That's number crazy. one, that if is I crazy. have cracked black pepper, now not some of the light black pepper, but if I have cracked peppercorn, guaranteed an hour later, uh, body temperature will go up. I'll have a headache. Unbelievable. So, you know, People here's are a weird. terrible story. My granddad was like, 
like one of the hardest dudes in the world. Like, um, work strong. So much. Yeah. Grew up Oklahoma, had a farm, raised cattle, raised peanuts. Um, raised peanuts, grew peanuts. You kind of, you kind of like raise Lucy them. And Charlie. You raise them. He had a very Grow. intimate relationship with every one of the peanuts that were on that farm. He He's, knew his place as a father, what their mark on the world could be if he didn't do if it. If right. I could just free this peanut from the ground that's he trapping did. it. Yeah. yeah, millions and millions of children. Um, so anyway, hard dude, veteran. He uh, loved like my reaction to eating spicy foods as a kid. And so he would take me and we'd do the Wendy's, the uh, spicy chicken sandwich, which is insanely spicy if you mm-hmm. haven't had one of those in a while. Um, and so Chick-fil-A is soft, like this soft, spicy stuff. The <laughs> Wendy's, the Wendy's chicken. Uh, anyway, so things that we did, uh, beef jerky, peppered beef jerky and the Wendy's sandwich, the pepper. And I love spicy foods. I was like, man, I love this. Like it just, I still do. But we always connected that to beef for me was the beef jerky. Anytime we have beef jerky, headache, terrible headache. I'd be out all night. I'd be throwing up. My mom would be like squeezing my hand, trying to find all these remedies. I'd have an ice pack. Um, and come to find out I'm 26 years old and I go and get this sensitivity test and black pepper scores as high as anything does. And so my whole life, it was like avoiding beef because I thought it was giving me headaches and it was pepper. I cannot emphasize enough how important that could be for people wow. to get a food sensitivity test. It will change your life when you find out that the mm-hmm. eggs and the milk that you had in the morning or the, the ice cream you have for dessert is why you think that going to the bathroom every normal. night yeah. is normal multiple times. Like, Man, so they're easily um, accessible these days too. Yeah, and so from a supplement standpoint, like, yeah, go and supplement, like try to find out some of those foods, but a probiotic, prebiotic, um, and Hunter would be really good to talk with this because he's very much, I know I get kind of the rap for that, but he very much is educated on um, this in depth. And so mm-hmm. he's a good resource for people listening. Yeah, he talks about rotating them. Okay, in the last two minutes, let's take some time here to debunk two supplements that are taking a lot of people's money and probably not producing the redu- results they think. Yeah, this is one for me that is going to be um, I've experimented with in the last six months, maybe a year. Um, and have for, oh, let's say six months, I've purchased and bought and taken every day a collagen supplement um, because I was intrigued. I had so many people ask me about it, and I'm like, it's not going to hurt. Like it's uh, So anyway, I, um, collagen is probably the number one right now. That's why we made the Jennifer Aniston joke earlier. Uh, I think that for most people, uh, they firmly believe something about collagen that is not the case at all. And so... We'll just go ahead and save you $40 a month now and say that there is no need for you to supplement a with collagen for your skin, for your hair, for uh, whatever is the marketed purpose of that that some celebrity has. Um, I don't think it's hurting you, though. So if you enjoy it, like the, like the next one we'll talk about, there are certain things. I don't think you're, it's, you're harming your body from it. I don't think it's doing what you think it is. My human M&P teacher told us that on a whim like in 11th grade and I'm almost 27 now. And like, I don't remember anything else in that class, but that has stuck with me. And like this collagen wave, uh, the past like year and a half 
I've been the guy on my high my high horse. You idiots! This isn't <laughs> yeah. doing anything. Yeah, my yeah, teacher no, told me good about for this. You. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah, no. Generally, what people believe that collagen and the claim is that it's going to improve your skin, hair, bone, joint, gut health. All the. I mean, when you hear that, your wrinkles like, will go away. When it solves every problem you have, like that, should yeah. go ahead and make you wary of that. Looking uh, at you, marijuana. From the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> looking that's at a, you, marijuana. That's the next podcast. I, think I was thinking uh, you too can look like Jennifer Aniston. Uh, Great commercial. Yeah, that's probably what it is. But everyone, as you age, want your skin to look younger and Mm -hmm. want your joints to hurt less. Feel better. Drink water. And you don't want your hair to fall out. Yeah, collagen is we produce it in our bodies and we produce it less. We know that. And so it makes sense that if you put it in your coffee in the morning, especially with a bunch of extra fat and MCT oil, that so just add calories and this supplement to your body, and all of a sudden your skin's going to look younger and tighter, and you don't have to go and uh, you know, treat it some other way. Speaking of Sour Patch Kids, let's talk about BCAAs. Yep. <laughs> water. That's exactly water, what I was thinking. Yeah. The, uh, all of these. Um, as beneficial for you as Sour Patch Kids are. <laughs> it really is. That's a great uh, analogy. Because yeah. I'm sure there's a Sour Patch flavored There BCAA. has to be. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because flavor is the benefit of BCAAs. Um, so French <laughs> chain taste real good. So. Uh, literally. So like we, we could get into like why they're a thing. Um, generally we know that BCAAs, um, and your amino acids are what are the building blocks of protein. And so, they sound like missiles. uh, yeah, well, kind of, <laughs> I got I my know. finger on this button guy. <laughs> it, yeah. For a lot of people, they feel like that's the supplement that's going to like spark your muscle growth and whatever your goals are with, with taking BCAs. Um, you need amino acids. Some of them are essential in that they, uh, you got to get it from your food. You have to get BCAs from your food or, or you have to get uh, amino acids from your food. Some of them your body produces, so you don't need them. They're non-essential because your body already makes it. Um, and so that's why we eat lean meats. That's why we get it from protein. We get it from real foods. Um, BCAs basically are this small sub set of essential amino acids. Um, and what people thought was that if you, some of these um, very important building blocks to protein, if we put them in a liquid and we drink it, it's just going to expedite the process. Um, but that's not really the case. And the world's leading expert on um, protein synthesis at the, probably the largest protein, I read about this guy. Anyway, he's written, and I think I, I think I've talked about it before, but He's written like 250 papers on protein synthesis. He's got 32,000 citations of his papers. Like he is the guy and he's like, BCAs are worthless. And so whenever you hear that, it's kind of like, okay, that kind of solves that. I believe you. But we did talk about one of the benefits of BCAs and that is that it flavors your water. So if you like drinking BCAAs. At a zero calorie cost. If you want like a margarita flavored uh, little shot in the middle of your workout that kind of helps um it's mojito know, make, caleb make, get it right <laughs> makes that workout feel a little bit better yeah. uh go for it that's what it's good for flavoring water but that's about it and there's not a lot of arguing it there are some point. that you can purchase that are a little less heavy on the sugars and things like that yeah i don't think there's a lot of sugar in a lot of them mm. i think they're just sweet you know they probably have some artificial sweetener Dyes that makes it a things, little yeah. yeah um but and if it makes you feel good to have like a blue drink man i've bought bcas for even after a couple of years ago, I probably knew this and still bought them for a little bit until I realized, like, all right, I'll just drink water. Yeah. 
Yeah, but water does not taste as good as we'll a, be okay. So let's, watermelon warhead. That's why yeah, I revolutionized so, my diet. So with the collagen, water. the collagen, <laughs> yeah. the BCAs, you're going to get whey protein is going to provide all the essential, all of the um, all the amino acids that you need uh, in a whey protein supplement. Collagen, it's going to provide all the things you want from collagen, and for from a standpoint of like your skincare and stuff like that. Uh, Vitamin C apparently is very important, so you can put that. There's other things that you can put like on your skin that will do those things that people think that collagen is. And now you can just drink your coffee. I like just drink normal. emergency with my coffee. Awesome, uh, every Pour day. It on in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Thousand yeah. milligrams. Ten thousand percent of the vitamin C you need has to be good. <laughs> so let's think about it this way: um, we put protein at the top. Just to wrap this segment up, we put protein at the top. We talked about the cost associated with that of getting a high quality protein powder using it as a supplement, knowing what it's doing for you and avoiding those additives from the cheap powders. How do you compensate for that cost? You don't fall into the BCAA collagen sort of traps or the really expensive multivitamins that are not delivering what they promise. You're going to make an investment, like you said, at the top of this segment. So make an investment where you need to and the things that are actually going to help you that are more important to get quality products. Yeah, the I'm glad you reminded me of that because I've I did a um we posted about this on social media maybe a year ago when we switched to to having a scent at our gyms. Mm. Um but I calculated the amount of protein per grams that you get um a and it is a high quality protein supplement. Like it's the supplement that our Olympians use, um USA weightlifting, they supplement with this protein. It's going to be clean for them, but it also is going to be very affordable for our members. It's much cheaper than the supplement we used to sell. Mm-hmm. Um but whether it's cheap or not, the investment it's still it is cheaper per protein gram than a McDonald's cheeseburger. The amount of protein that you're getting in the cheeseburger versus the amount you're getting uh, per serving in that, it's still cheaper than what you're going to pay for your cheeseburger. So I think for most people, yeah, you look at it, especially if you do the casein whey option. Like someone told me the other day, it's like, man, it hurts. $90 for both of those bags or $45 at a time. Mm-hmm. That's We spend that in a meal you know, yeah. at Mexican for a rice and watery cheese dip. You know, all of a sudden it's like 45 bucks. It goes out the window or a month's worth of supplementing the protein that's going to give me life and, you know, help combat, you know, what happens when I age. It's not, but it is hard because you do look at that $45. This is extra. I'm already working out. So for us, I think recognizing that the only reason we think there's a cheaper option is because people have made a cheaper product and put it there. In reality, what it's giving you is you, I don't think you can put a price on it. But don't buy it from us. Buy it from somewhere else. Like if you want to support us, great. But that's mm-hmm. not why we talk about it. And we, we, you know, we hope people understand that. Yeah, I think that's what we want to make vetted. people. Yeah, yeah. There's a level of trust there. So man, great discussion. I'm sure we're about to have an even better one. Yeah, yeah. Supplements, way to go. Now we're headed to outside the box. Wow, that was new. That was good. I was going for a little reverb. Hope. Oh, it you nailed there. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. you can't help it in this room. Yeah. There it is. There it is. All right. I got uh, three questions for us uh, this week. Um, I think they can be some thinkers. Uh, and if you if you have to do some thinking live on air, I think that's okay. okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and predict here. Tom Hanks, William Faulkner, uh, yep. and Adam Duritz. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Okay, let's just move on. Great. Showed my age. All right, what's the question? Number one, 
What do you believe is the most important invention in history and why? Mm. Wow. This is one of those questions where our listeners are coming up with some good answers and mm. we're just sitting here and they're like, why aren't you saying right, that? Come on, man. Like already, we're shouting, I've been waiting for this question. Why <laughs> didn't you even? Since science camp. Um, I'm going Seventh to, grade. <laughs> I'm going to say right out of the gate, the lever. I think was pretty important. Like a crowbar? Yes. The idea of a lever? Just creating leverage, reducing load by passing it through particular things so that we could build and accomplish Hmm. greater things. You think about how many times that principle is used in modern life. If we didn't have it, heavy things would stay where they are. So we're going like the wheel type discussion here. I mean, you could. could, Mine is not that simplified. Uh, I can say it if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and start. Uh, I think um, we don't use it as much. Some places do, but it kicked off uh, the way we acquire this product, and it's uh, the aqueducts with the Romans. Hmm. Like, we could not have spread ourselves across the earth the way we have without this invention. Access at least, to water. At least how I understand it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I will access to water uh, without having to live directly on the source of water. Like, can you imagine how quickly we would have run out of space if we had to all live along strictly a river? Yeah. Like, it would have been, it wouldn't have been feasible. Like, the way, the way we grow um, crops nowadays, like, you're pulling water, uh, it, whether it's from a well or you're pulling it from long distances through pipes and stuff like that uh, mm-hmm. elsewhere. You thought the Chick-fil-A yeah. line was bad. <laughs> yeah. Man, well, the other side the of the line at the well. Yeah, the, the line uh, at the well. And Bill Gates has actually been, uh, is, can we talk about him publicly still? I love Bill Gates. Uh, Bill Gates is trying to solve now Seriously? these populations that yeah. are separate from water sources with the other side, which mm-hmm. would be sewage. How do you handle that? I mean, yeah. You're... I almost said sewage uh, because, like, if you think back or if you've read anything about the um, the plagues, like, the, the main culprit for that going as poorly as it did was the lack of modern hygiene and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, the aqueduct. And it's interesting that you and I are both going, like, ancient. There's been so many advances yeah. since those things but we're saying without those things the the general idea of these things the other yeah. advances probably would not have been possible yeah yeah like Wozniak would not have been in a basement somewhere where he was if he didn't have access to water I love that you said uh him instead of jobs yeah thank you I have done a little bit of reading yeah nice wow um I'm still on the Bill Gates thing you know he's promoting a switch to entirely synthetic beef and meat like these guys are promoting, like we stop eating meat, um, and you can look at the ingredients list in the things that are in those, like mm. the Impossible Whopper and all that garbage. Yeah, um, it's fascinating. I was, how much money I would, they're trying to make, like the investments they have. We talked about that when we reviewed Game Changers, and mm-hmm. the anyway, it's uh, everything. It makes these sense guys are money. Guy. They're money. At the the, only, end well, of the, the day. only counterpoint. Well, he's also one of the few that's like giving away all of his money. He's giving it away. He he's making it. The though. only counterpoint Maybe I can think of that is that <laughs> it makes you look better so you can get more of it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the only counterpoint I could think is that like eventually population wise, we're going to run out of our capability to produce enough meat for everybody without like genetic modification further than we've already done it. Mm. 
That's the only reason. I we're running out of space, running out of these seeds. guys. Yeah, they're thinking a long ways away from now. I, I just know, know he's smarter than close. I am. So he's a smart guy. He, he also loves he diet goes, coke. Yeah, yeah. and so the microchip in my arm feels way better than the original one I had. Yeah, it's crazy though. They they called it like a vaccine when I got it. Is that yeah. Like- yeah. Well, they just told me straight up. What- <laughs> and we lost. Hunter, yeah, we yeah. Hunter's about to be mad at us. Lost a lot of <laughs> kidding. We're kidding everyone. So. All right. Next Jeez, question. That was just a reference to Wait, did Bill you answer? Gates. You didn't answer. I didn't answer. No. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. You guys are going a little bit before me. I'm still... That's all right. We're not going to Recency bias you. here with the internet, but... Great. I just That's a good answer. I mean, it's it a, good a good answer. answer. Yeah. Like, you look at the things. You've got telephone, the internet... Um, the the lever or the lever the yeah lever. um R- roof roof the, I don't know yeah. depends where you're from I uh, think inter- it would be hard to is hard now so we're going the impact yeah. we've yeah. got to say there's things that could not have gotten us to the internet so like you know but we got to pick something uh, I think from an internet standpoint this blew my mind when uh, Elon Musk was talking about Never how close we are to uh, my buddy Elon was mentioning uh, how close we are to being like AI ourselves and artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. and he's like, "The thing that's atta- the thing that's in your pocket right now has made you. You're just a slow robot. Like you're just a slow AI. Because the reality is, when we ask you a question, instead of responding immediately, it's like a command you just this. just like mm-hmm. I did with all these questions that you posed to us. I pick up my phone and I look up some of the answers and I think through it. Without those, I think that we." move so much slower and just the world's not what it is um but you're right like there's a lot of things that couldn't have got us to internet age uh but the internet's gonna get us there's a book uh the world the future is faster than you think i think that's the name of it i don't know if you guys have heard of this but is maybe five years old now but Mm -hmm. it talks about the exponential effect of certain technologies combining together and the internet's what makes that possible so you've got so many different industries that because of the advances the internet has allowed us to make in other ones, they're going to combine to be this like to put into overdrive future advances in technology. So yeah, the, I think the analogy gives is like the next 10 years, we'll make as much progress as we made in the last 500 or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah where it's exponential. Totally now, yeah. The internet I think is, you know, we'll look back and say, how, how do you function without access to that information? The things I'm asked to do in my job, I've got to have the internet. No doubt. Do it. Yeah. What we needed NASA for before, we're now, Casio is now putting in a watch. That's I mean, it. It's just, yep. yeah. That was only one question? Uh, yeah, you've got yep. three questions. Whoa. I have okay. two more. Yeah. Okay, okay, let's roll. I don't, I don't think the next two will take as much. I don't know. We'll see. Number three is a doozy. Uh, number two, if you had to join a war, which one would it be and why? Mm. Now we can take this two directions, and I'll let you guys. Hunter choose. is listening at home, and he's like, "Oh my why gosh, would you choose why? this question without why me am there? I not there? Like, are <laughs> oh, so studied." And Do I get to survive? So here's the two things that you have to think about. Okay. You are not guaranteed survival in any facet. <clears throat> so you can either join to fight, all right, and participate in it, or you can join as like a journalist. Which uh, that's correct. still you're not guaranteed. Yeah, even more than that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. uh, hold on. You, you can join you and not just defend said that. I was thinking uh, these are um, historical battles, not fictional wars, because that really expands. I would absolutely choose the siege on the two towers. It'd be great. <laughs> 
you shall not pass. Was, you know, that's, that's not the word. That's, that's, the that's it before. That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. It's not too tough. It's all the same trilogy. Yeah, but, like, yeah. you nailed it. it it's Way still a battle, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying a war. Like, you're okay. in the campaign. Okay, mm. and it's true True stories here. Yeah. If you Real are life. joining World War II as America, December 7th through September whatever, or August, I think, actually. Man. Just a caveat to this. I don't think I'm going to fully grasp, having not served in the military or in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I this think is we a, have a romantic. Can we go, we just acknowledge, like, this is going to be a romantic view of... You are allowed to give a bad answer. Yes, okay. it's, it's I a romanticized really romantic, view of war. I have a really romantic... Like, the World War II Museum in New Orleans mm. is... Yeah. Like, you just walk in and you're like, this is history, this is fun, like, this is cool, like, look at that. And the, the guys who are like, there, the things like, you're reading about are, like, not cool at not all. Not cool at all. Like, yeah. it's very, like, very much will affect your life. Forever. Traumatizing, yeah. yeah but, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll jump in there first because I've I've actually thought about this a lot and had a conversation, a dinner conversation about this just a week ago. On vacation? So, yes. Nice. So I am prepared for this. I'm not going to choose something like Braveheart. Because it is, yeah. man, that's, t- those were brutal ways to die. Yeah. I would also apply that to the, to the civil war. Like, man, that's the, the ways that we were killing each other back then were pretty, pretty bad. Okay. And not to say that it gets any better, but, uh, I think I would rather join a modern conflict because of that reason when I say modern, I would say even in world war two, we're still using horses, but we're using them less uh, there's some technology invading our fighting. Um, if it, I'm going to go calls based. Okay, this is this is going to be my answer. I'm fascinated with this era because of this reason. If you pick my answer, well, no, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, I'm going to pick. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to pick World War II because when I look back on that war, I think, man, those people, those men and women literally stood in the way of evil taking over the world. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if, if I'm going to have to be six feet underground for a cause, that seems like a pretty good one. Uh, like my father, for instance, fought in Vietnam. That was just shrouded in all sorts of modern politic and Cambodia and mm-hmm. all sorts of things. That one felt like, and I, it's probably a romanticized view, but it felt like, man, if somebody doesn't stop this regime, the world is going to be an evil place feels pretty cut and dry to me so i jump in on that one and if i lose i lose you know my life if i lose my life i lose my life yeah i think i'm actually using similar logic but i'm on the other side of it i'm choosing world war one uh for two reasons um you would have gotten hitler and i wouldn't have to fight in my war you nailed it no (laughs) um well maybe not for two reasons i'm just gonna talk it out there is way more understanding and like you can see in pictures and videos and stuff some things that actually happened in World War II, right? Mm-hmm. There's not nearly as much as that in World War I. Um, and it's interesting to me because the war was fought. It didn't have that element of good versus bad. It all started uh, through weird political stuff and a lot of if this happens i got your back you know on Mm -hmm. on all sides Mm -hmm. um and i've always like i i have done a lot of reading about world war ii because it's it's fascinating largest scale war to have ever happened 
it's interesting for all those reasons. It's really hard. You can read a lot about World War One, but there's not much to be seen. So I think it would. I've always thought it would be really cool to like, if if I'm going with this scenario, is like being a journalist and like just trying to take in and document somehow what's going on here. Yeah, like you know the trench warfare and stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm impressed that you would choose that because that was really bad yes trench warfare was really really bad yep <laughs> what, what's the movie that came out just a couple 1917 years. oh man just watching that i'm like wow i very much underappreciated what these people went through yeah and it, they probably didn't even show all they could have because there was like chemical warfare stuff mm-hmm. like it's un- insane yeah so you you would be a journalist would you be one of those like cool journalist that could pick up a gun and make things happen or one of the guys that's like look i'm just here to document i think knowing what i know about it uh and i could even take the stance a little bit on world war ii given some of the stuff that happened post world war ii like even on the u.s government side like sketchy stuff Mm -hmm. um i think i would be okay just being a journalist that's there just to see stuff because i'm also i'm not super interested in killing people you know what I mean? <laughs> just not, it's not the yeah. reason I'm excited to do it. You're no Oppenheimer. No. Yeah. I'm more of an Einstein. <laughs> it's more casual. All right. Caleb <laughs> is deep in the caverns of yeah. research over here. <laughs> Which is when, you know, I made a one on my AP history, world <laughs> history exam. Uh, you get it for your name. I mean, it was like I didn't score a single point. It's wow. only five, so there's not a lot of... You know, still one's on the lower one, half of five. One is on the, <laughs> I, were you in class? <laughs> Part of the AP history. No, but sorry, I'm, I was reading I'm about deep casein. into Wikipedia right now. Um, I wanted to go with, I wanted to go with uh, off land wars. So um, oh, naval type wars. God, that terrifies me. And so, yeah. So here's the thing. The reality is I would not do well in this. Like some of the stories of people on boats for a long time is like disgusting. Mm. Like if you uh, just, you know, which random, I saw New York, the subway system in New York, one of them flooded recently. Like there's a flood and this guy goes wading through the New York subway. Can you imagine the water? Ooh. All right. So some of the stories of like what Chernobyl's happened, like the, got below, nothing on me, baby. like the below deck <laughs> of some of these ships and the things disgusting. and disease the and smell. stuff, disgusting. Mm. The smell of people being under. And for this reason, I'm out. And for this reason, I'm out. For this reason, I'm in oh. on um, Googling some of the wars that have been fought. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go with, so I haven't read a lot of, but the Vikings, right? So the, the Viking era, um, to me, would be a They won little, a lot. Yeah, like <laughs> they did win a lot. And so I want to be a Viking. Um, Great hair. Mm, and head tattoos yeah and you also have like if you jump off the boat like into the water there's a chance of survival um but to me like the just like like uh trench warfare you just talked about it Mm -hmm. or just like the let's line up each take turns shooting and stand in a line and hope you don't get hit not about that to me there's a little more hope if you're on a boat it seems a little bit harder to get shot like yeah the cannons and stuff some of the movies maybe make it more dramatic Um, a sinking ship would be scary so you know we'll just go ahead and say like a slowly sinking ship out when you can see nothing would Mm -hmm. be pretty frightening where the vikings were though i may be wrong about this but temperature is going to get you before sharks it is it is going to be cold 
I'm yeah, not a cold person. So again, that's why I'm in. <laughs> oh, how terrible, how terrible this would be. But uh, the Viking Age, uh, 700 to 1000 AD is what, it, what I'm Googling here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you guys know anything about the Vikings? Mm-hmm. Well, they were game changers. Actually, Hunter's read a book about this. He, he passed has. along to me. Yeah. He has. And yeah. so he's again at home. I'm trying to make him itch slightly as I... You're getting it all this. wrong, Caleb. <laughs> they had cool clothes and then like Lagatha became the leader. And, uh, <laughs> really underestimated the power of their furs and keeping them warm mm, during this time. What they did is change history. Yeah, something about, there's a word, Norse here, Norse or something, yeah, that's they, a word <laughs> I'm looking at. Is it Norse or North? I don't know. Either <laughs> <way>. <laughs> uh, historical context, something about England and attacks. And, Norse uh, is a word. <laughs> That's the that's the thing like only a nerd is gonna laugh at, but it's really funny, especially thinking about Hunter. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's the word. Hope you enjoyed your time on the podcast, Caleb, because it was the last time. Pick yeah. on the Vikings. I really, I think you can dig into it on Netflix a little bit. I think there's some some stuff probably, you, can, probably, you yeah. can look into. There may be a book or two <laughs> about the Vikings. Uh, I love it. I don't. I don't. I cannot. Like that's just an option. I don't know. I do not know enough about history to make an educated guess. Other than the points that Clearly. you guys made about like your values and things, the yeah. Vikings would be cool to be on their team, and that's why they did win a lot. That is a good yeah. choice. They yeah. won a lot. Like they. Just the look, like you're unique. No one's messing with you. Like you're seven foot plus, um, guaranteed. They were all tall. They were yeah. all tall. Yeah. Um, and you're just known for being the strong, tough people. Mm. Like, uh, sign me up to be a Viking. Yeah. Not not really sure about the the seafaring life. It matches your personality, though. Killing Christians and drinking ale out of a horn. That's pretty much you in general. So, you know what I mean? It's a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah it's just a Tuesday. The pretty- longer we talk about it, the worse this is going to get. So, uh, <laughs> All right, we should transition into recommends. Do we I have, have any- another question. Oh, my goodness. Is there no time? Are you even kidding smokes. me? This is my favorite question of all you said of this is Should we doozy. save it or do it? Where are we at timestamp here? Go, I've got to answer. We're at an hour and ten. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. So we should, we should argue less but answer more. Let's do it. Okay, last right. question. If you could only view one website for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Mm. <laughs> uh, I had an answer to this, but I, I changed it uh, recently. Only view one. Oh, th- this is easy. This you is think? actually. Are you about to say Google? No. Okay. No. Netflix.com. No. <laughs> YouTube. Yeah, there we go. Come on, everyone. Yeah. Everybody briefly stopped at Amazon. I, well, I almost said Wikipedia, but then I realized I could just watch all the things I would want to read on Wikipedia. You can, Any answer I would need to anything is going to be on YouTube. Even if it stopped form. right no, now. Amazon is your answer, though. You're going YouTube? I'm yeah. going YouTube because entertainment. I, I no knowledge. There's, yeah. yeah, there's tons of stuff to be learned on YouTube. Yeah, but if you can't turn around and order the thing that you just found out about on YouTube, mm, but I can acquire it in other ways. I, yeah, yeah, okay. So you can only get on the website. You can go and buy and support local business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. ways around acquiring goods currently. I mean, it probably won't be forever, yeah. but yeah, I'm going to say because of the breadth of knowledge. You've got entertainment. You've also got instruction. You've also got being connected to people all over the world and the experiences that they're having. 
I think, I mean, there's all kinds of total trash on YouTube, obviously, Mm -hmm. but that stuff is in there, especially if you know how to know where to look, you can literally receive a college level education. It feels like in particular, I've I've just about done it. You could do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, In particular task on, on YouTube. So I'm going to go YouTube for sure. Yeah. 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 Easy answer. What's your answer, Chase? YouTube. YouTube. Same answer? Yeah. I, well, I wrote the question, so I had time to think about it before. But I almost, I, like I said, I almost went Wikipedia uh, just to be able to... But, like, you can learn about things on there, but you don't really get, like, the process. Like, if you need to, you know, fix your freaking weed eater, like, mm-hmm. Wikipedia is not going to help you with that. Yeah. Uh, you and need the, YouTube for that. The guys on YouTube will say, don't buy this product on Amazon. You know, yep. Home Depot has this for $15 less. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, you could make the same argument about it. Holy Top moly. I wish people could see this graph. So it's a big circle. I don't know what type of graph this is. Um, it's an infographic there you go. of sorts. Yes. Where it's got inside the circle other bubbles that are the size relative to how many people use it, use that. And that's so it's the top 50 websites. Um, Google that. Google by far <laughs> the greatest, which is how we found this infographic. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, yeah. Three times as many people use Google than YouTube, but YouTube is slightly over Facebook. Mm. But so Somebody let's too. think about this as a bunch of geeks because we really are that lift weights. So yeah, if you, yeah, if you go to Google.com, <clears throat> you type in a search and it pulls up the results. Uh-huh. All I can do is read the the little paragraph. I cannot then click on that link and go to the other website. Yep. So I can only give what it, I can only get what Google gives me. Oh, you're saying that's how we're going to phrase this. It stops question. at the search page. Yeah, yeah. stops at the search. And which, you can read the text on it, which I still I do. I sometimes, still do that. Yeah, but, but it is limited, and I also and it only is from one source. Like, how much protein do I need in a day? We just talked about that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to pop up one source of. Yep. And that's scary. That's why I'm going YouTube because I'm still on youtube.com slash numbers. And you get live reviews uh, on the video because you can look at the like to dislike ratio and know like, is this mm-hmm. the right video to like give me the correct answer yeah. to this thing? There's a communal piece to YouTube. Yep. Speaking of, um, the Coyote Fitness YouTube channel oh is, my gosh what hey, a segue. Up and rolling wow um, i didn't even know this totally we, not planned we are posting weekly videos uh that you can see they're from in the gym so it's real people you're oh, probably listening yeah. to this you're probably in one of those videos at some point in the background mm. um did they not did they squatting to that not no. squatting quite below parallel you'll be able to see that <laughs> No, I'm, uh, not, I'm always caught in any video just staring at whatever staring we're supposed to be other, doing. Yeah, and number two is you're probably resting more than you think in your workout. <laughs> so as we have the video pan, you're in the background just over the chalk bucket. As a matter of fact, your wall ball set shouldn't have counted uh, for the past two years. Yeah. Man, Caleb just uh, described no, so casein we, protein, and I'm still resting. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so we're going to, yeah, so go on there and subscribe. We can do really cool things the more subscribers we get. So if you're listening to this, go on the uh, YouTube page, give us a subscribe, check out the videos, um, and I think you're going to see a lot of really cool content, and we're going to just continue to produce it. So uh, shameless plug. Yeah, there it is. And YouTube. if you don't don't know how to find it, you can just Google Coyote Fitness YouTube. And then you can go to YouTube. Yes, yeah. That's the boomer way. It. Yep, I'm going to type in google.com 
on my uh, little UR thing then, at the top. Yeah. yeah. Google like YouTube. <laughs> then Google YouTube. And then Google Coyote Fitness in YouTube. Yes. There's a way to find it. And then it. Google how to subscribe. Yeah, good. So that was your last question. Pfft, yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we're to recommend. So I really feel like we brought the thunder last episode. We better have something. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first this time. There's a little underdog website that I think has been helping my life out a lot. Uh, it's called YouTube.com. Uh <laughs> We are always for the little scrapper around here. <laughs> we want to lift up the little guy trying to make his way in the big market world. That's right. Here's to and you this entrepreneurs. You, this YouTube dude knows what he's doing. <laughs> I don't have a recommend this week. Really? I panicked on my one last time. So. Okay. I do have one. The slippers? Great. The slippers were your recommend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I recommended one slipper last week and I'll recommend the second one this week. So now you have a pair. Crocs. No, oh, one no, left and right. Slipper, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. For your two feet. All right, to honor your recommend from last episode so many weeks ago, uh, which is still with me in my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend a YouTube channel uh, that falls in line with that. Hmm. It is Rose Anvil. Rose Anvil. Okay. This guy, uh, I say Anvil very southern so people know what i'm saying not rose and bill or something like anvil. that anvil yes not ingval which is not another bill another bill anvil. this is rose anvil this guy takes shoes of all types and saws them yeah in oh yeah i didn't know his name it's a great yeah it's great yeah he's he's really entertaining and gives fantastic reviews fantastic reviews so good he's like hey i know this shoe cost people four hundred dollars but it's absolutely garbage and let me show you yep and uh he single-handedly almost convinced me uh indirectly to buy some thursday boots oh but man yeah he decided that doesn't need them he, he loves thursdays there, there are a couple of brands that he loves and it's because and he can prove it their quality construction, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know. I just like a guy who launched out. What a quirky idea. And now he has got footwear companies sending. Li- yeah. <laughs> they're living in fear yeah. of this guy. So yeah, he's um, like one of the videos I'm looking at right now. He's got 938,000 views. Mm-hmm. So it, it's way more interesting than I'm describing it right now. Trust well, he, me. Like he's, he's big time. Yeah. That's what you're telling us. He's yeah. the benefit of like, he's got an interesting idea. He knows what he's talking about, and he's not freaking boring to listen to. Like he's a he's a guy you would want to be friends with because he enjoyable to talk to. Yeah, exactly. You know so I mean? right now he's tearing apart a pair of uh, Birkenst- Amazon Birkenstocks and then real Birkenstocks, and he's answering the question based on construction: Is, is it worth saving the sixty dollars? Is it worth it? Yeah. So I mean, that, I would venture yes. Yeah, that's worth answering. And then for but the he'll tell me. For the real nerds, he'll do something like, let's cut apart these thoroughgoods and then cut apart these red wings and the mock toe and see if there's really any difference here. He's got some surprising issues with red wings. Yeah, he does. Certain certain models. So yeah. anyway, God, sorry. Sorry, everyone, Whoops. for keeping on going. You need to check this out. Rose Reviewing Anvil. a channel that gives reviews. If anyone's left out there, um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give my recommend <laughs> to a few of you guys. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. See, this is, um, again, the recency bias thing, like even that term, like... That's that's kind of part of recommends, That's everything. Yeah, yeah, recently. Recently in my life, what's going on, a lot of our members know this because I was gone for uh, the longest I've ever been gone from the gym. 
uh, recently. Three days. But, uh, yeah, that's right. 30 minutes. I took a Saturday off recently, <laughs> and let me tell you, I feel a whole world. Changed my life. Oh, people I may, do other things. I may be running for the next couple of years on that energy. Uh, uh, my wife and I recently took a break to travel. Um, so, one, mm. I'm going to recommend traveling again. I know that kind of got thrown off, but mm. it's back. Uh, do not one thing, do not ever underestimate the value of seeing different cultures and different places and how much it can give you perspective on your current life on and the own. things yep. that you're going through right now. It can help provide a lot of insight into what's going on. It can be refreshing to get your mind off of the routine that you're in mm-hmm. to kind of jolt that routine. Um, maybe see some other things that are going on in the world that make you remember how small some of the things that we get consumed with. So travel is the is kind of the recommend specifically though, and this isn't for everyone because it does like financially, like we save for a little while for this and it's something that not everybody can do always, but I'll go ahead and recommend Costa Rica. It was the number one recommendation from people not in like, I want to go and see the world type of thing, but mm-hmm. if you get to travel a very easy way to see a very unique place that has a lot of different things for different people. There's beach people, there's mountain people, um, there's adventure people, there's food you know, people. Food people. Mm-hmm. There's I just want to rest trips, and there's trips where we go and accomplish things. Uh, you can do all of these things in Costa Rica. So Sarah and I went and spent a week kind of exploring and also just resting and doing nothing. Um, and it was it was the best of both worlds. I made a joke about it because I got to play golf while I was there. And literally, I was in a tee box with like monkeys in the trees, like these iguanas and things that are very common in Central uh, South America. But it was like jungle. The, you know, 500 yards later, um, the green you're putting and overlooking the... Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. Like it was jungle straight to the beach. Um, and so it was kind of the best of both worlds for us. And so that was something that was really cool. If you get a chance, Costa Rica um, would be four hours total flying time, right? An hour Whoa. to Houston, three yeah. and a half hours down there. And so you get to go to a different world, see a different culture, but also you can do it quickly. It's going to be relatively inexpensive yeah, compared to your like your Florida yeah. trip right now is mm-hmm. going to, we have people all the time that tell us, that their international trip was actually cheaper mm-hmm. than their Disney. than their Disney trip or their you know 30A or wherever you're going. So 30A. if it's up to you, you have the chance to uh, to travel. You can do it fairly. It's more inexpensive than you think, and mm-hmm. it is. It's got things for everyone. So go out and travel again, people. Yeah, and listen to us while on the road. Oh, yeah, you could get in. Uh, an episode and a half of the, on that trip to Costa Rica of our podcast. <laughs> you really could. <laughs> we will be your traveling companions. Mostly. All right. Are we done? See you later. See ya. <laughs>
silky smooth sounds.